Welcome back. This week's lesson, we're talking about Jesus came to set the captive free. I know a lot of people were under bondage from anxiety or drinking, smoking, sexual relations or whatever. They did, they feel like they had to ease the pain of life. But we're here to let you know that Jesus came to set you free. And who the Son has set free is free indeed. We'll talk about that and more, but it's the terms of your surrender. Let's go. You're listening to The Terms of Your Surrender, a show that focuses on empowering, encouraging, and edifying people to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Micah 6.8. And now, here's your host, Quentin Green. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Terms of Your Surrender podcast. I am your host, Quentin Green. Uh, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate it. I thank the Lord for it. Not only this is the day, but this is the week that the Lord has made. So we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Um, as we talked about in the intro, we, we're going over Jesus came to set the captives free. And once again, whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Um, a lot of people have been going through things in life and they try to figure out their own ways to get out of it. But Jesus came for this very purpose he came to give us liberty he came to help us experience the life that god has planned for us all um, there's a lot of things that we have to do and we have to experience but we're only going to get to experience those things by submitting to jesus and living a life that's pleasing to the father everything we need has been provided for us people have been put in place but we just have to follow the footsteps that um, god has ordered for us and so that's what today's lesson is about. Um, hope everyone has been safe. Uh, we're praying for you and praying for your families during this time. But it's time to get some encouragement going on. And so, without further ado, we're going to get into our lesson. Uh, stay tuned, be encouraged, and share this with whoever you come across. Let's go. All right, welcome everybody. Um, hope everybody's had a great week. Um, We'll get started, we'll open up praying, and we'll get into our lesson. All right, let us pray. Wise and eternal God, we thank you once again for allowing us to be back into your house one more time. We thank you for our life, health, and strength, Father. We thank you for protecting us from danger seen and unseen. And Lord, we ask that you'll forgive us for any sins that we committed. Lord, we ask that you would decrease us, increase you, so that we may live better, walk better, talk better, serve better, witness better than we ever had before. Bless those who are here, those that desire to be here and couldn't, those who will be watching, and those who will be listening. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, welcome back. Uh, this week we're on Lesson 10, Jesus Came to Set the Captive Free. Uh, background readings coming from Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3, and John 8, 23 through 36. Uh, we'll also take a look at Matthew 27 also. Uh, devotional readings coming from Psalm 105, uh, 23 through 45. Uh, I've noticed had my equipment switching up, but like I say, when the Lord starts blessing, you know, things will start changing. So hopefully I'll be uh, complete with this setup next week, Lord willing. So hopefully try to get the audio to sound a little bit better. Okay. And so our central verse is coming from Luke 14 and 8, a familiar passage for you all. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me 
to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. So we'll read the intro and we will get into our discussion of the lesson. Jesus Christ is concerned about the helplessness the believer feels when he finds himself in difficult situations. There are many areas one may find himself struggling in, whether it is bad habits within himself or the practices of family members. Many times the struggles with food, alcohol, drugs, sex, money, or even abusive relationships. But whatever the conflict, it gives a person a sense of helplessness when he knows that he is powerless to obtain his freedom. Sometimes, because he has tried to break loose so many times without success, it tends to develop a greater sense of hopelessness. Many people realize that they are broken and they have reached a place of helplessness. They don't know how to release themselves from that condition. Jesus came to set the captives free. Amen. Um, going off our lesson from last week, what we talked about becoming a part of Christ's church, um, we talked about how we should treat each other, um, how, you know, the love that we should show each other, the way we should uh, edify the body of Christ. Even those who don't know Jesus the way that we do, how we should show love and compassion and, and that genuine care for them, that genuine concern for them. Because a lot of people that you deal with, dealing with our lesson today, are being held captive by something. Or my intro talked about whether it was food, alcohol, drugs, sex, or money. There's always something that has your attention. There's always something that you, that in your life is God in place of God. Now, if you don't know what that is, the simple way to find that out is what takes up most of your time, energy, and money? Because if it's not God, whatever you're spending all your time, energy, and money on is God to you. And so in order to switch that around, we want you to understand that if you're focusing on something that's not um, going to give God any glory or any honor, that you're pretty much wasting, not wasting your time, but you're doing something that's not going to benefit you. You're doing something that's not going to last. But um, as far as our lesson goes, when it's talking about Jesus came to set the captive free, those things that, are, that have you in bondage, those things that... Um, are taking up that time, energy, and money, but are not benefiting you or anyone else. You know, like a bad gambling habit. You know, you're hoping to strike it rich. You may get rich, maybe, but think about how much money you spent <laughs> in order to try to get, you know, to hit that jackpot. You know, there are people who can win. They may win $50, $100, or win a couple thousand here. And, but if you know that if you're spending more money trying to win money, and your family struggling obviously is wrong. And obviously the thought of having this money has a hold on you. Now I understand the Bible doesn't tell you anything about gambling, but like I said, if you're doing a habit that puts your family in a bad position, obviously it's wrong. Um, most people have are being held captive by just the things of this world. And we'll, just, we'll go ahead and say this. The, the one of the biggest captivities you're gonna find yourself in is the one that doesn't feel like it. So imagine the prison with no walls. So you can go anywhere, you can do anything you want to do, but you're in bondage, but you don't feel like it because you're having so much fun. 
Uh, going back to our lesson, there are many people that smoke, drink, they go out and have sex with lots of people. And while the world tells you that these things are fun and exciting and you should do them, all these things are just, you're just getting closer and closer to a grave. They're not benefiting you. They're not bringing you closer to Jesus. If anything, they're honoring Satan. And so we'll talk about uh, him in a, little, in a little bit. But when he said Jesus come to set you free, he came to set you free from those things that are weighing you down, those things that you think are good, but they're not. Because we know that the wages of sin is death. And so all this stuff that seems fun to us is sin. That's what Jesus came to set us free from. Now, um, and people have a perception about uh, Christianity that, you know, once you give your life to the Lord, that everything's going to be boring and you're not going to be able to have fun. And I'm just telling you right now, that's a lie. It's not that it's boring. It's just that your desires change. Because there are plenty of people that serve Jesus and have plenty of fun. You can still go travel. You can still go this and still go and do this and that. But except you're honoring the Lord with your activities and you're, not, you're no longer honoring the devil anymore. And so that's where we want to get you to that point to realize that serving Jesus is fun. Living a, a blessed life is fun. You know, living a life where you're honoring God and God wants to show you how much he, he loves you and how much he um, has for you, how much he wants to show you that you're going to experience. Because there are things you're going to experience in the Lord that you would never experience out in the world that you're not going to be able to do living the lifestyle that you live or being bogged down by those things that are bothering you. You know, that's from one aspect. Now from people who are um, bond in bondage from demons and spirits and, you know, these voices in your head telling you to do this, that, and the third, you know, Jesus came to set you free. And from our intro, from our central verse, which tells us that, you know, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Um, your version may say, um, set the oppressed free. But those who have been attacked, those who feel like the weight of the world is on their shoulders and they're not going to get any relief anywhere, those are the people that Jesus came to first. And if you remember that when Jesus came, he went to the the sick, he went to those who were discarded by those who were supposed to be doing what he came to do in the first place. And they said, oh, look at him. He, look, he's going to hang with. He said, it's the sick that need a, a physician. These are the people that we're supposed to go to and encourage and let them know that whatever psyche you're, you're in right now is temporary. You can become, you can get out of it. There's better for you, but you're not going to get better the way you're going about it. This is why we need Jesus as that light to show us how to handle situations, to open up doors and, and let, put you around some different people. You may be that person that they need to lead them out of situations to let them know that life as they're experiencing right now is not life that Jesus has um, planned for them. It's not the life that God has planned for them. He's saying, the Lord Word says that I came that you should have life and have it more abundantly. You don't have life more abundantly when you're um, in anxiety all the time and you're pacing the floor and you're worried about how you're going to do this and how you're going to do that. You don't, spend this, you don't experience an abundant life when, when people are picking on you all the time and, and you, you get those suicidal thoughts and you're thinking about taking your life. But this, this is where we come in. Because like I said, if Jesus came to set captives free, what are we doing? Who are we setting free? 
like we talked about last week, whose words are, who is being touched by our words and, and our actions, the way our life, we're living it? You know, are we just putting on a show in front of people or is what you see on Sunday the same thing you're going to see Monday through Saturday? To where when people have problems, to where they can come and talk to us because we're not like anyone else they're around. Because when they need advice, when they need to come and vent, when they need something that's going to encourage them and, and lift up their day, can they come to us? Or do they just view us as the same people who've been telling them they ain't nothing, they ain't never going to be nothing, and you know they should just go ahead and just kill themselves? Because there are plenty of people out there who feel that way and have been told those things by family members, by parents, whoever. People who are supposed to be nurturing them and encouraging them are the same ones that are telling them that they're nothing. But I'm here to tell you right now that if you have the breath of life in your lungs, you were not put on this world to do nothing. You were not put here to fail. You were not put here just to take up space and eat up food. There's a purpose for your life. Jesus has come to set you free from those thoughts because everybody who has been put on this world has a purpose. Everybody has a calling. There's something you're going to do. Secular, non-secular, it doesn't matter. But you're going to need to get involved with the Lord to find out what that calling is. There are some people that find out their calling without it. But in order to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord, to where you are able to fulfill everything you're here to do, you need to get linked up with the Lord to find out what those things are. And so you're in luck because the Lord places people around you to encourage you, to help develop your skills, to place you around people that you need, with the resources that you need, in order for you to fulfill, um, fulfill this calling that you have, to do the work you were here to do, so that you know, God may get glory out of what, what you're here to do. But um, looking at Matthew 27, um, starting at verse 50, but just to show you that not only Jesus came to set captives free, but he actually went into the earth when he yielded his spirit after the cross and set those who were free in Abraham's bosom. He went into the, you know, like I said, went into the earth. What we talked about last week about the rich man and Lazarus, when the rich man um, and Lazarus was standing outside his gate and you know, Lazarus longed for what the rich man had, just the crumbs, the little bit that he didn't even think about, but he was not able to receive it. When they die, you know, the angels come and escort, La escort Lazarus, but the rich man is just buried. And next time he opens his eyes, he opens his eyes up in hell. And so he can see Lazarus and he can see Ab Abraham. And so he's asking Abraham to let Lazarus come over and put a drop of water on his tongue. And Abraham tells him no, because everything that, all the comfort that he, that Lazarus did not get in his life on earth, he's being comforted with now. And that there was a great gulf between them. And there was no way that he could, would be able to come across and, and, you know, give him any comfort. Nor, and then the, the rich man asked him to send them back to uh, preach to his brothers. And Abraham lets them know that, no, he can't do that either. Because if, they're not, if they can't believe the prophets and they can't believe the law, they're not going to believe anybody that came back from the dead. And so, and understand, until Jesus comes, until Jesus came... And he um, had that sacrifice on the cross that all the saints that died went to this place. So I think of it as heaven's waiting room. And so they go to this place. And then when Jesus yields his spirit, because he didn't die, he yielded his spirit. They didn't take his life. He gave it up. And so there were two earthquakes. So we'll read and explain it. So 
in verse 50, it says, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Like I said, he yielded his spirit. They didn't kill him. He surrendered it on his own. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And so this is where Matthew is grouping up. It's just giving a summary of everything that happened because there were two earthquakes. There was one when Jesus yielded the spirit and there was one when the angel of the Lord came and opened up the tomb. And so when Jesus went down and he came back up, this is where we're talking about the saints that were once dead. But the word tells us that they had fallen asleep, which is um, not an unfamiliar term when you think about when Jesus talked about his friend Lazarus. And they said that he was dead and his disciples were asking about him. And he said that, well, our friend Lazarus is asleep. And they said, well, what do you mean he's asleep? Then they said, then he does them know that, okay, he's dead. But, you know, he was going to rise again. And so when Jesus came back, he didn't come back by himself. He came back with those saints that were in Abraham's bosom. He raised them. They were risen up. And now they're walking the streets and people are looking at this and they're seeing this. And so in 54, so when the centurion and those who... And those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that happened. They feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. So when Jesus went into the earth, he didn't come back by himself. He came to raise those who were um, in, this, in this bosom. And he brought them back. And he, he was going to bring them back to the Father with him. The same way we're going to be able to go with him if we're living a life that's pleasing to the Lord, if we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so that's what our mission is about, trying to set people free to let them know that you know, there's more than just what's on this earth. That where are you going when you leave here? Because life continues. Now, life in this shell that we have will end. But there is life after this. So where are you going to spend eternity? And this is something that we need to ask ourselves as well. But... In John chapter 8, Jesus is also talking to, um, he's talking to these Pharisees and he's letting them know about, um, about their stance and who they don't understand who he is. They don't, and letting them know that, um, that they need to be free. And so starting at verse 23, and he said to them, you are, this is John chapter 8, starting at verse 23. And he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. If you don't believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he was, a, that he was raised from the grave and that um, our salvation is in him, that you will die in your sin. And Jesus came to separate, to free us from our sins. And so, verse 25. Then they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I've been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. So everything that Jesus is speaking to him, the things that he heard from God himself. And so that's what we need to be 
concern, uh, concerning people. That's what we need to do, tell them what the world says. We need to be telling them what God says about them, not what the world says, not what the magazines say, or all these people that we put all this interest in. Their opinions don't matter. What God says about, says about you matters. What God says matters, period. Because these are the words of eternal life. Those are the words that are going to set you free. And so, verse 27. They, and they did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. And there's a lot of people that hear what Jesus is saying, but they don't understand that he's talking to them from the standpoint of what God would say to them, not just talking of his own words. In verse 28, then Jesus, then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself, but as my father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always do these things that please him. As he spoke these words, many people believed in him. And this is what happens when you hear the word of the Lord, that you speak these things and people be, you know, have a realization, they have a revelation about Jesus and they believed in him. But this is the... the uh, focus that we have to have as as believers and witnesses for Christ is that he who sent me is with me you know I was I was moving on my own before but now I'm I'm saved um you know the Lord's on my mind I'm here doing what he wants me to do he sent me so he's with me and so you know I do things that please him and that's what we're trying to encourage the body of Christ to do now not to worry less about self and let's do things that are pleasing to God. Let's do things that we're going to set people free. Let's go about it in the way that Jesus did it. Because he heard from the Father. He, he implemented what the Father told him and people were set free. So what would happen if we do the same things? That if we listen to the Lord who listened to the Father, how many people will we set free? Will we even set our own selves free? That's the one thing. Because it's kind of hard to set somebody else free if you don't even want to be free yourself. And so, um, 31, then Jesus said to, the, to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And there it is. If your truth will make you free. There, there's a saying now that's where people say, live your truth. No, we're not interested in you living your truth. We want you to live truth as in truth comes from the word of God. Because that's the only truth that matters. Because you can live your truth, but a lot of people, their truth is a lie. A lot of people live lies because they don't want to face the reality of who they really are and what they're really doing. They use, they, they try to make, try to create a truth that fits them or fits their own purpose or their own situation. And so we don't want to be guilty of that. We don't want to be guilty of especially using God's word to hold other people captive because we're using it for, it's not its intended purpose. Um, just saying this, I saw a video the other day where um, these men were going out and they were, you know, supposed to be spreading the word of God through, the com through this community. But, you know, it's one thing to come, into the, to come in front of people in the name of God, but now I'm more concerned, are you in front of people in the name of Jesus? And there is a difference. Because God is a generic term. Because a lot of people consider things that they believe in God. You can consider the devil to be God. But when it comes to Jesus, that's when everything separates. And so they, I'm listening to them, and they're giving all these scripture and things to people, but they never said anything about Jesus. 
And right there, that's a red flag with me because you're putting up all the scripture, but you're not acknowledging Jesus, but everything is Old Testament and you're not acknowledging, you know, the one who actually came to save them. But their true purpose was they wanted to use the word of God in order to get people under control or get some people to realize what they believed. But it was put, but what they were believing was putting one group of people versus another. So it's like putting black people versus another. I mean, you can play on people's pride and their heritage and things uh, for one group against another group, but we've already had that. That's one reason why you got this animosity between some black people and some white people while you got races and of, of many different nations. But Jesus didn't come to do that. He gave, he gave the commandment, say, preach the gospel to all nations. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So everybody here belongs to the Lord. The Lord, it was never intended for us to be separated. If we're going to be separated by something, let's be separate by the word of God, not by our skin colors or anything like that. And so they, this woman had came up, just the thing that really got me was this woman came up and they were talking about her hair because she had, you know, she had instincts, you know, the weave and stuff, but it was honey, you know, honey blonde hair, which I mean, looked good on her. It wasn't nothing wrong with it. But now they came at her about, looking like her oppressors and they use scripture from Leviticus chapter 13 that had nothing to do with that woman or her hair at all. Because when you read that chapter, it's talking about people who had burn marks, who had scabs, who had leprosy. And if any hair was like in them, it was talking about whether they were clean or unclean, but they used the scripture, one of the scriptures to talk about her blonde hair but it didn't apply to this lady at all. And so in these settings, you don't have anybody who really knows about the word of God. They don't, you don't have anybody who's ready. They have a Bible around or where they can actually check and see what they're saying. And so, you know, this lady kind of believed it and she went with it. Well, she said, okay, I'll keep that in mind. And I'm looking through the scripture. I'm reading because it said, this don't sound right. I said, and I said like, this don't even, that don't even have nothing to do with what she's doing. And see, when we're talking about setting captives free, there are a lot of people going out in the name of God and they're using these scriptures and they're putting people in more bondage than what they were in the first place. So what we would call that is like legalism. So the thing that got me is I, I said, man, I was like, I, I wish somebody was there to challenge them on this BS that they're talking. And a lot of times they don't because you, there's only two things that happen in that situation. One, they're going off of what somebody else taught them. And they didn't look it up themselves. Or two, they had an idea. They read that scripture, found out that it didn't have anything to do with what they were really talking about. But instead of getting the contradiction worked out, they decided to omit it and not tell you the context of it and use it anyway to try to get somebody else to believe what they were saying. And, you know, they kept attacking, you know, the church to say, well, you're not going to get this this teaching in church. Well, I hope not because church is not trying to pervert, trying to pervert scripture to people. And that's why we stress the importance of, um, we give you the scriptures. We give you where we're coming from. We try to read more to keep you, keep it in context of what's going on because you, it's easy to take one verse of scripture and go off and left field about it. But if you actually get it in context, you'll see why these things are happening, what they're talking about, who they're talking to. So that way you can't use one verse of scripture to try to put somebody else in bondage um, further than what they are already. 
you know, like I said, don't come in here trying to talk about you're, you're here to set the captives free. And, and make fact, they read this same Luke 14 before we, um, before they even started, which is also in Isaiah, which says, well, you know, I came to, to free the captives. How are you going to free somebody and you're trying to keep them in, a, in captivity, but you're not going to use the Lord to free them? And so this is why we, we, it's important for us to get people to tell them the truth about what's going on, to let them understand why the Lord said what he said, not just going off on, well, this is what the word and, and this is it. Get it, get it in context. Because there's lots of things that Jesus came to set the captives free. And this is why I put the emphasis on us. Who are we here to set free? You know, said my people perish by the lack of knowledge. And if you have the knowledge, it's our responsibility to let people know, okay, this is what they said. But no, let me, let me put this to you in context so you can actually hear what was said and understand what the, the situation was. I only understand that, but you're losing, they were using Levitical law, a law that had nothing to do with them because they were never under the law to begin with. So that situation had nothing to do with her, period. But see, like I said, if you don't have anybody to kind of challenge them on that, then guess what happens? You put it out here, they people believe it, and they go off living a life into some, some bondage that they don't need to be in until the Lord sends someone there to kind of set them straight on what it really is. And out of all that stuff they used, they didn't use, they should have used what God said to Samuel when he was looking for to anoint the next king. Where he said, God, don't look at appearance. God doesn't look at appearances. He looks at the heart. Your honey blonde hair don't mean nothing. God's looking at the heart. Because guess what? You can, you can wear your hair natural and do all that stuff you want to. But if you don't have a heart after the Lord, you're in trouble. That's the main thing the Lord's looking at. You know, same thing about we, we talk about people being, you know, dressing holy. You can have your arms covered and you can have a train all the way out the door. But it's still people who dress that way and they're mean as the devil. So what, what good does it do to appear holy and you don't have a heart that symbolizes it, a heart that's, that yearns to live that way, a heart that the Lord is looking for? What good does it do to preach scripture and, and say all these things and you don't have a heart that's toward the Lord at all? And the word talks about that. These people praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's not about appearances. It's not about what you say. It's about the heart. That's the, that's the way you're going to set people free. If we get their heart, we get a person, their heart is chasing the Lord. When we get them, their heart, where their heart wants to please the Lord, everything else will fall in line. You want people to do right by their communities and their families? Get this, get their heart chasing God. Because a man or a woman at the God's own heart is going to do right by their family and their community. Because they're looking to please the Lord. And, but, and anyway, the heart is the entryway. That's the way, if you want to deal with a person, you go to the heart. And anybody else that tries to go, try to go at you any other way other than going through the door, which is the heart, that the word tells us that they're a thief and a robber. So it's about the heart. We're trying to get to the heart of the matter, the heart of where people understand that you're, you're not what the world says you are. Well, we need to find out who does the Lord say that we are. How much does God love you that he sent the son to die on a cross for you to take up the, he used them as a punishment for sin that he didn't have anything to do with. But, but he loved you so much that he would do it again if he had to. But the great thing is he doesn't because guess what? He's already opened the way for us. We, we serve a God that loves us so much that he wants to be a part of your lives. He wants to be a part of everything that you do. He wants to bless you. He wants, he said, he wants to let you live a life that's abundantly, 
live a life that's better than what you're living now. Now, everybody doesn't get to experience that because of whatever situation, but if the Lord is on your side, you'll see a difference in life. You may not have all the money in the world, but it's going to be very few times you'll go without. And people who do go without, it's only temporary because if you're, the Lord's there, we're all going to go through times where we're up and times where we're down. But it's not an, an all-the-time thing. There's gonna, yeah, you have trials and tribulations, you have mountains, and you have valleys. You know, that's just life. But like it says, my, all my good days will outweigh my bad days. And your latter days will be greater than your earlier. So that's the kind of God that we serve. But in order to get people to understand that and get out of the mindset that we are, the church itself has to be able to accept what Jesus is saying and understand that is more than us just coming here, getting word for ourselves and going back home. We have an obligation to go out into the world to those who we have contact with to let them know that the Lord cares for them, to show them that kindness and compassion, to show them that we do care about them, that, you know, when people say, well, what's the use of me complaining? Nobody will care. No, we care. Jesus cares. Put your concerns on him. You know, he's, lo he's, we looked at, he's loved to hear from you. That's where we got to steer people towards other than what the world's telling them and that, um, well, you're not this, you're not that. You have to have this to be successful. You have to have that to be successful. If you, the Lord's on your side, there's nothing you can't do. If the Lord's on your side, he'll make ways out of no ways. The Lord, if you, if, as long as you're with the Lord, the Lord's with you. And the Lord wants to be with you. Even when, you were too, even when we were too rebellious or too ignorant to realize that the Lord was on our side. And so we're, that's what we're here to do. Jesus came to set captives free. Are we setting people free? Will we allow Jesus to set us free? Or will we still end up in situ stay in situations we know we shouldn't be in? You know, you may not have a way out, but guess what? The Lord will, get, the Lord will give you a way out if you trust him, if you'll call on him. You, you may not like the way it happens. It may not be a smooth transition, but it's going to be a way out. And so that's what we have to focus on. Jesus came to set us free. Well, who are we here to set free? And like I said, it's just like the, the bag on a plane. You got to make sure your bag on before you help someone else's. So let's make sure Jesus has set us free. So that way we have nothing holding us back to when we go and we're going to free captives ourselves. The free people out of those, their addictions and their um, bad habits and whatever it is they're going through. And so that's pretty much the lesson. Um, you know, thank the Lord for everyone who's here, everyone who's watching. Um, share this with anyone you come across. And, you know, pray that everyone's still staying safe and doing what they need to do. And just remember that even though we're supposed to be expansion, this social distancing, we still can set people free. You know, this doesn't, do, this doesn't have anything to do with us carrying on the work that Jesus started. You can still talk to people. You can still send kind words. You can still send encouragement. Like I said, you don't have to be all up on each other in order to do what the word has told, what the Lord has told us to do. If you're speaking, you're speaking, you're edifying people, you're encouraging people, you're letting them know that, hey, if you need to talk, I'm here. If you just need someone to vent to, I'm here. But understand that whatever you're going through right now is temporary. It's not going to last forever. Let's just do what we got to do right now and then when the time comes, let's hit the ground running.
But understand that you don't have to stay in the bondage that you're in. You don't have to stay in the depression that you're in. You don't have to keep running to get a, a drink to smoke something and, or do whatever else every time something comes around. Because I tell you one thing, I ne I never seen, I, I've never seen Jesus go off and have a smoke or have a drink because he didn't need it because he had a relationship with the Father. Whenever, whenever things bother him, that's who he went to. That's who we advocate that who we can go to in, through, in Jesus' name. So you get through that, now you don't have to worry about having a vice. You don't need anything else to help calm your nerves. I got the spirit to calm my nerves. I can go to prayer, let, take my concerns to the Father, and know that he'll answer those prayers. That's where we have to be. And people are probably not going to uh, go to that extreme if we're not doing it ourselves. And it's not fair to ask people to do something that we're not doing ourselves. So that's why we have to be not only the Bible that they read, but in times you're going to have to be the Jesus that they see also. So, um, amen. We'll uh, stop right there. We'll speak the blessing over you, and then we'll be dismissed. So, everyone, you know, just whatever whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, you just, whatever you're in need of, um, you know, go to, we'll go to the Lord for it. If you any faith, if you just touch the screen or touch whatever you need to touch, touch each other, hold hands, and we'll pray, and we'll just believe that the Lord will bring those things to pass. All right, if everyone's ready, all right, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again for allowing us to come before you, to come within your presence, to be in a place where your name resides, uh, to just learn about you and give you honor one more time. Lord, we thank you for this lesson. We thank you for our life, health, and strength. We thank you for protecting us from danger, seen and unseen. And Lord, we ask that you will forgive us for any sins that we committed. Lord, we just thank you today for reminding us and refreshing us about how you came to set captives free. You came to set those who were in Abraham's bosom free. You came to set us free, to free us from the addiction, to free us from the uh, trials and tribulations that we go through to free us from the depression, from the voices of the enemy, to free us from the bondage that we're going through, to help us understand that things that we go through is not with the people, it's the sin that's the problem. We're all victims of sin, those who, give, who are turned over to it and those who experience bad things because of it. But Lord, we understand that you've been in control the whole time, that you have given us ways to live by, you've given us your word and your spirit, and that even though these things are temporary, that we still must trust in you, that you are here to free us. You don't want us to stay in the rut that we're in. You don't want anyone to stay in a situation that is not good for them. Even though we're, we use those things as learning experiences, but you came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And Father, whatever, we're in, whatever they are in need of, Father God, we just ask that you would bless it, Father God, that you would provide those needs, that you would free those who are going through um, whatever situations they're going through. We ask that you remove, remove those voices in those heads that are telling them to do things that they shouldn't do. We ask that you would uh, free them from the control of the enemy, Father God, and that your spirit would come in and show them that there's a new and better way to do things, a way that's pleasing to you, a way that they can go around those they come in contact with and let their light shine so that men may glorify you and that 
people may inquire about what was the change and they can share you with them, Father God. Lord, once again, we thank you for those who were here, those who were able to watch, those who will be listening, those who will be sharing, and just to let them know that, you know, Lord, you're here to set us free and that you're counting on us to take the same teaching out into the world and set other people free also, to take back territory, to take back what the devil has stolen from people, to take back what they have given up without even knowing what they really had, to let them know that, Lord, you came to free us, that you prepared a place for us, that you would never leave us or forsake us, to let them know that you hear their cries, you hear their prayers, that you have everything worked out, and that let patience have its perfect work, and that way they will see why they go through the things they go through and let them know that you love them more than anything and that you've always been with them the whole time. All right, Father, we just thank you for this lesson. We thank you for touching over those families who are sick or in bereavement, Lord. We ask that you will be the comforter and the healer that you are and just to let them know that no matter what happens, you've been in control the whole time and that you will get glory out of it and that they can rejoice in whatever you decide, Father God. And if you delay your return, that we will see each other again. Lord, we ask that you will bless us indeed, enlarge our territory, that your hand will be with us to keep us from evil so we don't cause pain. Lord, you bless us, you keep us. Your face shines upon us, your grace is unto us. You lift your countenance upon us, and you give us peace. So, Lord, we invite you to rise up, to let your enemies be scattered, and let those that hate you flee before you. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone, have a great week. Share this lesson with anyone uh, you come across. Uh, play it again to remind yourself that Jesus came to set captives free. Jesus is here to set you free so that you may go out and set others free also. All right, good night and have a great week. I hope this lesson was uh, encouraging for each and every one of you because I know it was for me. Uh, just remember, the Lord hasn't forsaken us. And no matter what happens, that the Lord is still in control that is, there's still more that we need to experience and the best is yet to come. And so remember, just check us out on Facebook, Terms of Your Surrender. Um, that's where most of our media is. And once again, just share this with anyone you come across. Everyone take care. Have a blessed week. And remember, but those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, God bless. Have a great week. Take care.